Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inside Health Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Keyes. You know, it takes a special person to be a nurse, even when we aren't in a pandemic. And here at CHI St. Joseph, and, and all over the world, really, we are blessed to have nurses serve as the backbone of our healthcare community. And what they do during every shift is often overlooked and underappreciated. And so today, we are sending a big thank you to them and highlighting all the things that they do by stepping into a day in the nurse's life. And what better way to do that than by sitting down with our our very special guest and nurse, Katie Hoffman. Katie has been with CHI St. Joseph for 11 years. Before that, she earned her RN in 2009 and recently earned her BSN from University of Texas Arlington. She currently works on the med surge floor, helping patients every day with her high-quality compassion care. Uh, she's not When she's not busy saving lives and fulfilling her superhero role, she spends time with her two kids and husband of nine years. Katie, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, we're we're really excited to be able to highlight all of the, you know, what you do and really what all nurses do. And so thank you for taking the time to do this. It really means a lot to us. So I always like to start off with a little bit of fun, you know, a little ice breaking kind of question to get started. And my first question for you is, you know, I'm sure with how hard you've been working that you would love a little vacation. You know, by the way, uh, this is not Oprah, so I'm not giving away vacations. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you had an all expenses paid vacation to anywhere in the world right now, uh, considering you know no COVID to worry about, where would you go and why? I would definitely say somewhere tropical. Um, even though if there were no COVID and we're not worried about social distancing, I wouldn't mind being on a beach with no one around. <laughs> um, anywhere with pretty water and light sand, that would be great. Yeah. That sounds great, too. I love it. Okay, so, you know, we'll kind of get started with uh, a little kind of simple questions up front. So what's the best part of your job? The best part of my job, uh, and it always has been the same answer since the beginning, is that every day is different. Even though I come into the same building and the same unit that I've worked on for 11 years, every day is different. Different challenges, um, different rewards, working with different people. So definitely that would be the best part of my job. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. I'm sure, you know, uh, every patient's different. Everything that you you uh, encounter, every single shift is different, and that probably uh, keeps things fresh for you. So that's good. What's the hardest part of your job? The hardest part would be any shift where I leave thinking that I wasn't able to do everything that I wanted to do for my patients. Yes, I finished all the orders and took care of them the best I could, but there's always more that you could do if you just didn't have the time or the resources. So that's the hardest part would be leaving after a shift thinking and wishing that you could have done more. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that would be um, a challenge knowing that, you know, Hey, there's only 12 hours in a shift, even though that's a long shift, <laughs> there's only 12 hours in a shift. And I know, you know, I could have done a little bit more here and there. So that, that would be hard. I can see that. What do you look forward to every shift, you know, when you put that mask on? So working here at the Bryan location at CHI, we have two big nursing schools that surround us. And that with those nursing schools, we are constantly having new nurses join the team that they're not only new to the organization, but they're new to nursing in general. And we always have nursing students. So one thing that I look forward to every day would be helping these students and these new nurses in any way that I can, any tricks that I've picked up along the way, helping them or just being there for them to talk to, to get through uh, when they've had a rough shift. 
So I would say that's something that I look forward to is helping my nurses grow in their practice, because then I know that they're going to pass these things on to other nurses. So it's a way of helping one person that's really going to branch out and end up affecting a lot of people in a positive way. Yeah, that makes, uh, that makes perfect sense. And you know, it's, it's a team effort on the, on the floor. And so if, uh, any little tips and tricks that you have that could really uh, benefit everybody and make it efficient and, and really provide good patient care is, um, I'm sure very beneficial for them. Okay. So how about, how about the stress? I mean, how do you manage the stress of kind of that constant emotional roller coaster and, and how do you continue to be a presence of, of positivity for someone who is likely having a bad day? I have told people before that I've had a bad day that sometimes when you leave the shift, when you step on that elevator, try to leave it here. So um, I've done that before for bad shifts and it really helps you to separate um, the stress you have at work and not bringing that home. So just thinking the mental block of the elevator, once you get on, just leave it here. And then also I try to help any little task I can during the day, I try to help the nurses around me because if I can take one thing away from their load that is quick for me to do, but maybe add it on to the stress of their day, then I feel like that is a way that I can be a positive influence here. Let me do that for you so you can focus on this other task. Um, so that's that's one of the ways that I really do try to help um, my team. Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, I kind of was that question was a little more directed to also patient care. And we're going to get into patient care in a little bit, but how do you stay positive for, for the patients as well? I, I'm sure their day is just as, as hard as, as maybe yours. And that, that is something that we definitely have to remember about our patients that no matter what we're going through as nurses, they are likely in one of the hardest parts of their life and they don't have the ability right now to have their family around them. So you are that for them. So no matter what you're going through, I also try to help my nurses and myself remember this just to leave it at the door. When you go into that room, don't let the patients know if you are stressed or you're having a bad day because they, like I said, are likely having one of the worst times of their life. So you, as nurses, we try to go into the room, be that support for them and not bring our own troubles into the room and try just to focus on them and help them because they don't have anybody with them. Most of them don't have anybody with them right now. So we are their person. Right. And we're going to talk about that. I think that's important to to kind of discuss, but uh, that's to be a little bit later here in the show. I kind of want to talk about, you know, how has COVID changed a lot of the, the nurses daily scope of work? You know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the changes that nurses and caregivers have had to adapt to over the last few months? Yeah. The most obvious change to our daily workflow includes the need for every staff member to wear personal protective equipment, not even just before going into the room, but before coming into the hospital itself, we all stop at the door and screened, we're given a mask and we have our eyewear. So that's before even coming in and knowing what your patient assignment is, you're protecting yourself from the minute you walk into the door. So that's the most obvious change. And so not, not only the nurses are in all staff members, we have to wear a PPE, but now the patients also, they have to wear a mask anytime that they are with another uh, person for any extended amount of time. So as we're going into the room, we have to announce ourselves, knock, slowly enter. So that patient is able to grab their mask, cover their face. And then anytime they walk in the hallway, they have to wear their mask. So that's just adds an extra step to anything that we do to be sure that the patient has their mask available at all times. If they drop it, we get them a new one. If they can't find it, or if they have the cloth mask from home, we really encourage them to wear the surgical mask that we provide 
for that extra layer of protection. So before we do anything, where's your mask? <laughs> so that's definitely an extra step. You mean to tell me that if I drop my mask on the ground, there's no there's no such thing as a five second rule? No, not not <laughs> with COVID. <laughs> that is out the window. <laughs> or with anything, really, you probably shouldn't be doing that. I think MythBusters tested yeah. that. I think I remember watching that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to uh, test that out. That's not very fun. So, no, you might be a patient if you test that out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you know, you know, nurses are critical in the care of all patients, and you know, what is being done to protect nurses from contracting or, or really inadvertently spreading the virus to other patients as well? Definitely PPE. Um, always, we always have our personal protective equipment on. And when all of this first started, it was right over spring break when everything, the world kind of exploded and I was on a trip, I was out of the country. So I wasn't in a lot of day-to-day touch with what was going on here at our facility. So when you are out of touch like that, all you have is social media, which during a pandemic, you should not be on social media and see all the scary things that are happening (laughs) out there. So I was um, not, I was not in the country until I was seeing hospitals. I think this is when New York was exploding. They were wearing trash bags and they were making their own face masks. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to walk back into? Um, And so then um, I got back, we started learning more about it. And then we've, we've always had our PPE. So it's never been a problem here at our facility. So it's a great fear when you see how terrible things can be at other places across the country, but coming back and knowing that we've always had the masks and the gowns and the gloves and the eyewear that we've needed is a way we've definitely been protecting ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, um, I have a good friend of mine who's on the ICU unit here in uh, in the Woodlands area, and he uh, he told me that wearing the, all of that PPE is like wearing a more a slightly more comfortable trash bag. Um, and so I can imagine that it is, it is difficult and it is a challenge, but it is good to hear that St. Joseph, um, and really all of our, all of our hospitals have the correct PPE to protect our nurses. And then of course that's protecting, um, our patients as well. So it's good to hear that we, like you said, uh, you know, it's, it's good to know, especially coming back from your, your vacation to know that we, we have everything that is necessary to protect everybody. It's good to hear. Um, Okay. What about patient care specifically? Can you give us an example of maybe how patient care has changed for nurses from pre-COVID to post-COVID? You kind of talked about masks. Can you talk about, you know, what else may has may have changed for for patient care? Yes. So, now any any patients that are admitted, we are screening for COVID, especially being on a surgical floor as the patient's going to surgery, they're going to be intubated. So, that's another step, but or we send our patients to surgery now, is the COVID screen done? Do we need to do it? Do we need to send it? Does it need to be a rapid COVID screen? So it's just a whole nother step in the planning stage of taking care of these patients. Right. So, you know, what should patients expect maybe while they're in the hospital in terms of interactions with caregivers, you know, meals, discharge processes, you know, everything's changed. So what what can they expect if they were going to be staying at the hospital? So here at the Bryan location, we started today to attempt to get back to patients ordering their own meals. So that is something that has totally stopped during COVID. Everybody would get the same tray. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, everybody's getting the same thing. Brutal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you can imagine um, not only do our patients not get to have their family members or their friends, but by the way, here, you're eating this. Right. Uh, It's almost 
prison like you don't want to say that but <laughs> but we hear what people are saying we're listening we're trying we're trying again so so we're we're starting that today so that's exciting for everybody everybody's happy nurses are happy everybody's everybody's happy when this finally gets rolled out so that's definitely one thing so hopefully that will be better now another thing usually when patients are have been here before in the old days pre covid they could have family with them i don't work on a locked unit so you could have family visitors and that's really important because if you are the patient and you're laying in the bed you're likely getting medications or you've just had surgery you're drowsy a lot of people are coming and going that you don't recognize you don't know these people but you've had your family at the bedside they've been able to help taking all the information and know who's coming and going and help you get through that time. Well, now they're gone. There's nobody. It's you in the bed. So I'm going to develop just a one page laminated poster. I'm going to put it in each room to help you know your care team. And that's what it's going to be titled because here at the St. Joseph location, every member of the care team has a certain color assigned to them. So while you may not remember our name or our face, you'll know the color, the color of what, who's coming. The color of scrubs? Too. Yes, it's your scrubs. So nurses wearing navy, the lab techs wear brown, physical therapy wears maroon. So I'm going to make a very simple color-coded form in each room. So you think, well, who was just in my room? Oh, that's what they were wearing. They were wearing maroon. That was therapy. I had my therapy session. So because you don't have that family with you, I think it's important to know who is a part of your care team and who's coming and going. So that's something that the patients can expect, which that hasn't changed for COVID, but it has changed in that they don't have their family there to help them. So we've all, we've years and years, we've worn these same colors, but now we need to really help patients understand that we are wearing these certain colors as part of a care team. So that is something that patients can expect is color coded care team. So patients can expect to be discharged at any time of the day. The hospital is open 24 hours a day. You don't have to be discharged by a certain time. And we do allow one family member or visitor to be with you during the time of discharge, just to help you soak in that education. That's very important for taking care of yourself at home. So you have an extra person to help remember if you have wound care or medications or activity restrictions. So we do allow a visitor at the time of discharge. So that's very helpful for our patients. Yeah. You know, you kind of were talking about the color-coded lamination that you were going to make for the the patients. And, and that's really cool. That's a great idea. And I, you know, I think a lot of people probably forget, you know, a medical surg- surgical unit like yourself. Some people might be, like you said, medicated, so they may not be able to kind of completely understand what might be going on or maybe a little bit loopy. Uh, and then also language barrier too, right? That's, a, I'm sure, a challenge as well. So and, and people forget, you know, having family next to them, that's their support network. You know, if you're going to wake up to anything in a room, having someone there next to you is... Uh, that you know and trust is is really helpful. So I'm sure that uh, not having visitors to some degree is is actually challenging for the nursing staff, for the uh, for the for the patient as well. So um, I'm sure it provides a lot of different challenges and, and different things that maybe we don't always remember. But um, I'm glad to hear that the nurses like yourself are adapting to that to help with the patient's care. So that's such a cool thing to hear. Well, you know, talk a little bit about the visitor policy. You know, I know it's changed for, for hospitals and patients. How, how have things changed for family members who, you know, have a loved one in the hospital? What, what can you talk about that for us? The majority of patients understand that the pandemic is really bigger than any of us. And we're all just trying to get through and protect each other the best that we can through the end of this, whatever that may look like. But we do have patients and um, visitors, of course, that voice that they would rather be at 
be with their loved one, be at the bedside, help with their care. And so that is that is really difficult to have to tell family members that may have been the primary caregiver for one of these patients to tell them, no, you have to give that control up to us now. You don't know me. You don't, you don't think I'm going to care for your mom like you do. And that that's really hard for a lot of patients and family members to grasp that they really don't have that control anymore and they can't be here every day. We On our unit, we only allow one visitor per patient per length of the stay. Sometimes it gets a little confusing and a family member would think that they could go down and maybe let the other one come back up. But it's important for us as nurses to educate our patients up on admission that if you have one family member come up, be sure that is your person. That is who you would like to be with you during your hospital stay. And we only allow one family member on the day of surgery and on the day of discharge. So whoever is with you that first day, be sure that's who you want to be with you on that last day. So that is really difficult for family and patients. It's difficult to accept. Yeah, that you can't be there. I can understand that that that's a difficult thing to accept for sure. You know, well, what about, you know, if we're talking to some family members right now who have some some family that are in in the uh, hospital, what are the recommendations for families who want to inquire uh, about their family member? So I work on a surgical trauma unit and the nature of trauma is that it's unexpected. So a lot of our patients are unexpectedly in the hospital. And so when you are suddenly in the hospital, all of your family and friends, they want to know what's going on. How are you doing? They want to check on you. So we do get inundated with a lot of calls from different family members. So one way I think to smooth out the line of communication would be if families can get together with the patient and decide one person that is going to be the team captain for that family, one person that that nurse can build a relationship with, give information to that person, that family member, updates, the doctor could call that person, one person that could then, with a patient's approval, give that information to the rest of the family, rather than multiple family members or friends calling and wanting to get updates, it would be helpful. And it really does help build that relationship with the one family member, because you can say, I was your dad's nurse yesterday. Do you remember we talked? Oh yeah, I remember you. And you really just recognize people's voices and you really do. It is important to build that relationship. So if, if the family could come together and pick one person, it would really improve the flow of communication and all of that and really just benefits the patient. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, some things that have been really great that I've seen from, uh, and I always kind of like to bring up some of the positive stuff too. It's one of the things I've seen is, is how our community has really poured some great joy into our, our hospital and provided some cool, cool things. And, you know, what acts of kindness or gratitude have you seen the community pour onto, you know, your staff that have really made you happy? So we have had a couple of things happen. Um, one is more towards staff and one is more towards patients. So the first one towards staff, it was a couple months ago, maybe when this whole thing first started, we had a large group of local restaurants that are uh, community owned, local owned, not chain restaurants. They donated hot meals to the staff members. And I had to take a picture of this and send it to my husband because it was out of control how many meals were delivered. And it was every table was full and it was every genre you could imagine it was Vietnamese food and it was burgers and it was barbecue and enchiladas. And so 
so much food and these companies delivered it even to night shift again, which I know night shift appreciates because sometimes they do feel a little bit forgotten about at night, but they made another delivery of all the hot food again. And they did this a couple days in a row during the same week. It was called Brazos Feeds It Forward. And just walking into the room where this was and seeing all that food, it was a really good feeling to see that. And then the community as a way to help the patients, because like we've talked about a lot, they haven't had visitors, right? So if you come in unexpectedly, do you have everything you need? Do you have your phone charger? That's like the basic thing that you need. So we had several companies in the community donate phone chargers of all the different types of phones. That's so cool. So in the unit, we were getting delivered bags and bags of phone chargers and they're long chargers because, you know, that's the kind that we need in the hospital. So that was a way that the patients were definitely positively impacted um, and helped through the community. That's a cool thing to hear. And like you said, there's so many things that have happened or changed because of this pandemic that you just don't even think about just a small thing, but um, that's great that some of these companies are reaching out to the hospital and saying, what can we do to, to help out uh, your patients, to help out your staff and phone chargers. What a cool idea. That's great. You know, what do you think, what do you, or do you feel this pandemic will change nursing in the future? And if so, in what way? I think that the most obvious way is that we're going to have to keep wearing the masks and the eyewear. It's just the basic level of protection for ourselves, for our patients that's the biggest change I could see. And then a little bit what we talked about earlier with working on a surgical floor that our patients are tested for COVID. That's just going to be part of our life too. I think that everyone's going to just keep, it's just going to be part of your normal tests that you have before surgery. So definitely I don't see the PPE going away anytime soon. And then the COVID testing, that's not going to go anytime soon too. So I'd say those two things really are going to impact nursing for the long haul. Yeah. And hopefully they, come up with a more improved method of testing for COVID because I have not been tested, but I can imagine that the descriptions that people have told me of it feeling like getting a lobotomy is probably not very comfortable. <laughs> I hear that there are different ways. Somebody said there's one on your tongue. I haven't seen that one in action before, but I've heard that. So maybe it's a rumor. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully they come up with another way. Okay, so you know, before we, we go, what kind of words of encouragement can you give all nurses right now? I would say all of the unknown of this pandemic and all of this, it, it will pass eventually. So I think this too shall pass. Yes, things are going to be different every day now because of this. They're going to be a little bit harder because we have to have the masks. We have to protect ourselves, have to protect our patients. But that, that's what I would say. I think it's only going to get better from here the more we learn about about the virus. Yeah, definitely. Well, Katie, I always like to finish the episodes with a fun question, kind of like how we started. And, you know, I'd like to stick with the the travel theme. So my last question, or I guess really questions for you, will be a little bit of like a, I guess like a lightning round where I ask rapid fire this or that questions and help narrow down your ideal vacation spot for next time. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I wish I could give you that now. Just like, like I said, like Oprah, like, okay, and there you go. And you take you off. <laughs> but I'm not able to do that. So, all right. First question, beach or mountain? Beach. I would say beach for sure. Okay. Tropical or mild? I think I know the answer to this one. Oh, tropical. <laughs> okay. Inside or outside the country? Inside tropical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Historical sites or pretty views? Mm, 
That's tricky. Can it be a historical site with a pretty view? That would be ideal. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll see what I can manage. Okay. Nightlife or hammock? Oh, I'm too old for the nightlife. Give me a hammock. <laughs> okay. So we got a tropical beach inside the country with hopefully both historical sites and pretty views and you'd prefer a hammock. I would say that's probably Hawaii and then you can maybe run over there and take a look at um, you know the Pearl Harbor stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, well, I'll tell my husband that you said he has to take me to Hawaii, so that sounds great. Yeah, and again, this is not Oprah, so I'm not giving away the vacation, but um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing his response to that. <laughs> so, you know, thank you so much, Katie, for taking the time to do this, and, you know, we appreciate all that you do for us, and we appreciate all nurses, so thank you. You know, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to say? No, I think that's it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you listeners for tuning in. And, uh, you know, we have more episodes coming. So we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.